You're listening to a Rock Candy podcast. I've got a great idea, you guys. Magpod! Magpod? Are you crazy? Coming to you from Magnified Studios, Magnified Pod presents Pods from the Penalty Box, a nostalgic sampling of skate punk albums from the 90s Christian alternative scene. Join us in the pit. I'm Andrew. I'm John. And this is our podcast. Yeah. This is the third episode of season three. Hmm. And we won't be screaming much today <laughs> or waking up mm. or I don't know. I've got, I've got nothing there. <laughs> that's, you know, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> you know, I've, I've got plenty of sleeping and waking up related stuff coming later Ooh, all right. in the game. That's what you call a tease <laughs> in the business. Well done. Yeah. Um, we have a lot. We got a lot to cover today. All so, right. you know, one of the first things I want to do, John, is I want to get right into the reason we've been doing this podcast from the beginning. <laughs> it's, it's to get free stuff, bro. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Our so, plans are finally working out. <laughs> yeah. We've got the uh, the second uh, Meg beer of this season. Mm. What do you What do you got? I got that uh, Public Enemy Baltic Porter from Dust Bowl Brewing. You know, mm. it's a cold times here in our respective states, so cozy Oof. up with the porter. Yeah, I also have a Dust Bowl. It nice. is a California Golden Ale, mm. and we got a bear sitting <laughs> on a hill. Uh, taking a selfie with a selfie stick. Nice. Um, by, I'm assuming the Golden Gate Bridge. Sure. I mean, one of. Yeah, I believe so. We'll, we'll go with that. Um, yes. We're going to be enjoying. I'll let you. There you go. You, oh, I didn't hear anything. That was. Oh, sorry. That was a bummer. <laughs> Speaking of beers, John, mm. this is um, we well. Thanks again to Meg for the hashtag Meg beers. Thank you, Meg. Um, delicious as always. Grateful as always. But as I was saying, uh, we need to talk beers for a second. So we had a, a, a dude reach out to us. I'm not exactly sure. I think he kind of recently started following us on on the gram. Mm -hmm. And I get the impression that he is a longtime listener because long time first time. Long time first time or first time long time, however you want to put those together. Right. He sent us a message yesterday <laughs> last night uh saying Trying this for the first time, thanks to you guys. Hopefully it lives up to your hype. And it's a picture of him holding a can of hams. <laughs> <laughs> Did he report back? Yeah, almost immediately. I said I was excited. And he said, oh, 
Oh, damn. I expected something like PBR or the like, but this is pretty oh, damn good. Crisp yep. and refreshing. I'm a hams convert. A hey. hamsvert. <laughs> so he's got the cheesy jokes just like us. So he's definitely part of the Magpod family. And I said, I said that it's better than PBR. I mean, it's yeah, uh, for sure. Like I feel like hams is a, is got a little bit more there than PBR. Um, but he said that uh, he's uh, from Wisconsin near the Green Bay area. So sort of smack between you and me, John. Also getting getting beaten down by this, yeah. this cold-ass weather, the polar vortex. Polar vortex in the house. Uh, what was our dude's name? Who, who's enjoying the hams in Green Bay? I don't I don't know. His, uh, uh, well, his, his name on Instagram is Steiner2814. Uh, perhaps Adam Steen, who's a new Patreon oh, punk. Oh, there we go. There's yeah. our dude. I can't, <laughs> I didn't put that shit, I didn't put that together. Uh, yeah. Sorry you know about what? that. Uh, we also owe an apology to another listener, yeah, uh, Adam Kramer, yeah, who left a voice <laughs> left a voicemail last week about his podcast, which is called "So I've Been Told." But we both thought he was saying he's been told that his podcast <laughs> is similar to ours. So, anyway, yes. go check Adam Kramer's podcast. <laughs> so I've been told out. He's had uh, he's had our buddies um, Leonor on mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, Matt. 77 um so go check him out yes yeah that was a uh because it's a it's a turn of phrase so i've been told right you know like just me saying that right now sounds like i was just saying it's a turn of phrase so i've been told um (laughs) it's so it was just like it just passed right over us and it was only after the episode when you were like wait a second i think he did say right (laughs) the name of his podcast and it we just didn't we didn't catch it uh, upon upon that first listen, right? Um, but anyway, so are we are we approaching a, a too many Adams situation like we did with too many Dannys? <laughs> Could be. We'll we'll see. The second the, I don't know, there'll be it'll be a rival a rival TV show on a different network, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Too many too many Dannys is as uh, I don't know um, on NBC must see TV, right? Yep. 1993 something like that the atoms are coming yep um so john mm. this last friday this uh so when this episode's air episode airs uh the friday before this um w- an episode of common creatives also on the rock candy network dropped featuring Yours truly. Hey. So you were previously on Common Creatives. Our, our boys, Will and Joe. Mm-hmm. Uh, you talked about scary stories to tell in the dark. Yes. And I talked at length about Weird Al. <laughs> Very on brand for both of us. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't think anything could be more on brand. <laughs> and also what was on brand was how long we talked about Weird Ooh. Al. Love it. I'm not sure how much they'll use or how much they'll, they'll edit, but uh, yeah, we talked. We talked. Had a great conversation <laughs> about Weird Al. Oh man, I can't I mean, wait. I honestly could have could have kept talking about it, but uh, do you, do you so, feel like you explored him as thoroughly as you hoped to? Well, you know that's the thing. Like it's I I feel like we hit a lot of topics. So yeah. 
All right. Uh, my introduction to him, sort of uh, what else I was listening to at the time, UHF, the Weird Al show, mm. uh, his subversiveness in his music, that sort of stuff. So you should definitely go check out that episode. Yes. Um, and other Common Creatives episodes. Mm-hmm. They are in their third season as well? I think they're on their second. Second season? Yeah, I think yeah, so. I think, I think that, that sounds right, yeah. Um, so go check out Joe and Will. Great dudes. Happy to be on network with them. Yes. But speaking of our dudes on Common Creatives, when I was on the episode, one of the things that they told me about was they said that they had been listening to our the show and that we were imploring people to send in their ah. uh, shitty high school punk bands. Uh-huh. And boy, howdy. Uh, <laughs> Will sent me the band that he was in with Joe. So when they were 15, <laughs> I think is what he said. Yeah, they were 15 when this came out. And he said, uh, I attached tracks from our high school punk band called Nine Ball. Good name. Yes. Uh, these songs were on our record called These Four Walls, which is a ripoff of an East Troubleshooter lyric, of course. Uh. We were 15 when this came out. Use them at your discretion. And I got to tell you, just the recording itself leaves something to be <laughs> desired, but I'm sure. not, I mean, that's part and parcel for like all of the, the high school music that we've heard thus yeah, far. Right. And I'm not going to hold them, you know, I'm not going to be like, oh, this sounds bad. Like right. mine, mine sounded like hot garbage, I think. <laughs> but like, honestly, I was pretty impressed. It's, yeah. I think we're our, what it comes down to is we are our own worst critics. So let's take a listen to, sorry, go ahead. They're two very talented dudes uh, musically. So it doesn't surprise me that even at a young age, they were, they're rocking it. Yes. Um, Let's listen to, uh, to our dudes from common creatives in their high school band nine ball. This song is called don't beat me up. Alright. Oh shit. That pit up, John. So put up that pit Yourself, even though I don't think it's cool. 
no, no, no. That rules. That's legit <laughs> yeah. good. No, that's what I'm saying, dude. Like, if uh, if that if I heard that on a on a comp or something like yeah. a, a, a cleaned up version of that, I'd be yeah. and I was like, I'd be like, hell yeah, that that opening. Dan, 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 yeah, dan, dan, sounds dan, great, dan, man. Dan, dan, um, out, should we check out a little exasperated? Let's do it. So, uh, Nine Ball Tiger Jack Tour, what do you say? Confirmed? Reunion? <laughs> Confirmed. I think so. I'm think up for it. We uh, we are breaking the story here, folks. Man, those are I, those were some good harmonies uh, for some teenagers. I'm pretty sure that's Will and Joe harmonizing there. Um, shout out to their band, uh, Villain District, uh, which existed, I don't know, like, six years ago or something like that. Correct me if I'm wrong, guys. Um, they were also good, and they also rocked some harmonies in that one. And then uh, I know Will's doing uh, music under the name Nightmare Nonsense these days, so check those guys out. Um, that was that was highly enjoyable. Yes. Uh, one more track. Uh, we'll just listen to a little bit of Empty. This, this is a long one, but just wanted to check it out. Oh, shit. Ooh. Oh, it sounds dark as fuck. <laughs> Double time to come in. I'm gonna. I'm waiting for that ringing guitar chord. There you go. <laughs> yes. Excellent. Dude, this rules. This rules. This rules. Okay. Why wasn't Nine Boss signed to Tooth and Nail? (laughs) Yeah, right. Oh man, this. You know, see, this is the thing. When everybody sends in their stuff, they're like, "Oh, this is so bad." Like, no, we've heard so many legit, good, so many crappy (laughs) tracks. Yeah, quote unquote crappy (laughs) bands, and I think it's uh, objectively mine is the worst out of everything. Well, we haven't gotten to the bands that you were in, you know, in your 20s and stuff, so. <sighs> yeah. Those well, were those were legit. They those had better recordings and uh, don't ever disrespect uh hash hash marks on my heart. What's it called? 
flesh marks on my heart. Flesh marks. How could I forget flesh marks? <laughs> Don't disrespect flesh marks. It hurts. It scars. It leaves. <laughs> it flesh like, marks. Slick shoes lyrics. <laughs> that scars. Uh, oh, man. Yeah. So good. So we have a number of voicemails this week, and I feel like we should get to those. Do we uh, want to hear oh, oh, another should... crappy band? <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. John, I'm burying the lead here. <laughs> I, I, I respect that we put Nine Ball ahead of them, but it is funny. <laughs> uh, no, I I, to- I honestly had totally forgotten. So um, a, long t- a long time ago, uh, I think it was Brad. Yeah, it was. That sent a... Sent Brad from Five Iron. Brad from Five Iron Frenzy. Uh, An Eximator cassette tape, a cassette demo tape. So this is all pre-Five Iron stuff. This is the metal band that many of the members were in prior to deciding to form a ska band instead. Right, yes. And there's one song, the first song will sound uh, familiar. Um, So this was Reese... And Andy and Scott Keith. was was I think Scott Micah yeah <laughs> I don't know <laughs> I know I can't remember I can't remember the uh, the formation of everybody in the band but um, so I finally got the some uh, a converter a tape to uh, like USB converter to record this onto my computer. <laughs> And so let's hear a little bit of Eximator. So speaking of sound quality, so yeah. this this tape he, is this tape said, is over twenty five years old. Right. <laughs> he sent us this cassette tape and was like, "I'm not going to do anything with this. You guys want to do something <laughs> with that?" And you're like, "Yes, yes, we yeah. want to hear this ancient tape." Yes. So here we go. <laughs> it's that good shit. On board tapes used to go boo doo 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 That was cool. <laughs> All right. All right. Sounds pretty good. I think, I mean, does it? (laughs) (laughs) A a slightly more metal version of uh, Miss Amy Grant also works, uh, as does the Ska version. It's a little, but it's also even a little bit slower. Yes, it's definitely slower. But yeah, it's like I said, the tape quality, we can't hold that against them for being as old as it is. But uh, yes, that is, that ended up on um, Upbeats Beatdowns. Let's go a little a little forward here. Ooh. All right, Andy. Oh, yeah. oh hell yeah. 
It's the Matrix soundtrack. <laughs> I think this is White Zombie. <laughs> yeah. Or Rob Zombie or whoever it was. I think Trinity's walking into the club right now during the song. Ooh. Like a, these are not my pants drum setting on the keyboard. <laughs> yeah, right. Nine-inch nails. Uh-huh. Industrial shit. Yeah, Trent Reznor on the beat. That kind of rules. That's pretty fun. If they played that on the show, I wouldn't be upset. I would. I know what I would love. I would love that to be like their walk on. Their walk on. Yeah, that's perfect. Um, um, we should right, give them the file so they can do that. I think there's one more song on this. The, the weakest entry <laughs> in this collection. Um, I mean, man, it's, that was so it's, fun to hear. It's yeah, I think uh, I think that song would have been fun live, and it, all of these would have been great if the sound quality were just a little bit oh, man. cleaner. But it's I, so I awesome. love I, I I particularly like that that second song. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> Hell yeah. Oh man, just trying stuff out, you know. Yeah, man, that's I'm into it. I'm into it. So um, we might, I might, what what I might do is split these up into separate tracks and, sure. uh, and send them to the band. Send them to the band and and just see what they want to do with them. Because uh, again, the the quality is is it's on the struggle bus, but Chef uh, Scott remastered them for their like. <laughs> 26th anniversary or something. Yeah, that's, um, I feel like Scott's that's worth that's worth Scott's time. 
Yeah, for sure. There's this band called Savage Oral Hotbed from Minneapolis that was like kind of big when I was growing up and they were sure. definitely like industrial and played like, um, you know, like saw blades and power tools and stuff. And it didn't sound unlike that. Um, so shout I, out to the nineties. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's that like power man 5,000 or some shit. Like, <laughs> you know, that, that's kind of what I, this is what it's like when worlds collide. <laughs> they weren't rocking any any saws, though. They weren't rocking any saws, but definitely <laughs> metal with industrial right, elements right, right. to it. Oh man, that, that was spider, wonderful. Spider Rob, spider. I think that was Rob, Rob Rob's Zombie's brother. brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good times. Yeah, get him on the pod. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what do you guys? What do you guys think? Uh, at Mag, Magnified Pod Nation. Um, where does, Maybe he's on cameo. When, when was the when was the first time you heard of Power Man Five Thousand? It's <laughs> a good time to announce uh, Potter Man with Potter, our, yes. our new season. Yeah, Potter Man Five Thousand. Potter Man Five Thousand. Uh, <laughs> what it's this is what it's like when podcasts collide. <laughs> I know that you want. How did it go? <laughs> da, 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 da. Yeah, and this is Are what it's ready? like when worlds collide. Are you ready to go? Something like that. Yeah, that sounds right. That's what great. What you gonna do, baby? Am I am I, am I making these? I haven't I listened to Power Man Five Thousand since like like nineteen ninety eight, nineteen ninety eight or something like that. That was the last time I remember listening to them. I think it's against the law to have listened to them past nineteen ninety eight. Yeah, they were they were also uh, that song was on I think the first Tony Hawk Pro Skater. Sounds right. Yeah. I think if I'm not mistaken, which uh is gonna be a Patreon bonus at some point. So it is. if you like that, get your life together. Um all right, we got some voicemails. We have a voicemail line. Uh we got our boy Danny Stairs. What's up, my dudes? Your boy Danny Stairs again calling uh just into the album discussion. Well just the part where you finally get the music going and I love that John called out the opening track, the opening, the intro is exactly moved to Bremerton. Because uh, as soon as it came out, I was like, this sounds super familiar, but I know it's not for the reason that I know this song. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when it oh, duh, that's where I've heard this song before. I did recognize the song once the lyrics came on, but it's just not one that uh, really gets, you know, it, uh, really got a lot of headspace for me over the years. Uh, for me, my uh, interaction with Slick Shoes, um, certainly in the last decade, decade and a half uh, at least, has been Rusty plus, I think, Angel. And that may be the only non-Rusty song that ever really um, resurfaces for me. So uh, interesting to hear some of these songs. And it's taken me, it's going to take me a minute to, to pick up on them, but just to, to remember they're out there. So I uh, appreciate you guys uh, and all your hard work. And I just want to, again, shout out John for helping me make that uh, connection there on where I've heard that one before. So, Magpie for life. Thank you, Danny. Yes. Surprisingly uh, sincere voicemail from, from yes, Danny. Yes, <laughs> true. Um, and so going from that, he said, essentially, I'm going to make have a larger point after this other voicemail that, that Danny leaves. But he said, essentially, he's mostly listened to Rusty and Angel from wake up screaming and mm-hmm. not haven't really listened to burnout. So, and this is after he listened to 
the episode. Hey, what's up, my dudes? Um, just about the end of this episode here. Uh, you've played all the songs, giving your thoughts on them. Uh, just weighing in here. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to give my top three. Um, <laughs> you know, the album, like you guys said, it was okay. Um, felt a little pedestrian at times. Just didn't, didn't, um, didn't float my wiener. You know, I was mm. never fully submerged on any of these tunes. Uh, but I had a good time listening to you guys talk about them. So, um, probably won't listen to many of these tracks ever again. Unless I do a, you know, a re-listen to the podcast when I want to devote, you know, the rest of my life to listening to all this again. I uh, would appreciate if the episodes could get a little longer, though. This one came in a little shorter than I would have liked. Uh, but I understand there's not as much to say about some of these songs. So hopefully uh, we get some, get some longer apps coming up. Um, you know, you did, uh, you know, maybe build a little more into the beginning. Uh, I love to listen to you guys bullshit, so. Uh, keep up the good work. Uh, we'll hear you guys next week. Magpop for life. So this is what's interesting. Um, so Danny pretty much said it's kind of what we said. It's fine. And we were curious what, what, what people would say about this record. And when we posted that we had this new ep- episode, some people were like, uh, you know, this is an absolute classic, um, an all-time great record. Yeah, all over the place. And then some people said, Rusty from Top to Bottom is a better album. Uh, and then uh, uh, our boy David Trivet, I just finished listening to the episode. You both were more generous than I would have been. Hot take, this is my least favorite Slick Shoes album by a mile. Um, and yeah, so like we, we've we been getting some some of that feedback that like uh, that this record is just not people's favorites or it's, you know, it's okay, you know? Uh so what do you what do you, I mean what do you think John how are you how have you been sort of receiving this uh that for, you know we cuz we also uh got some other feedback that again somebody else saying that we were a little bit more generous than they than they would have been right. regarding this record Yeah I mean like I said I came into the episode with the impression I think because I'd seen the cover so much right. over the years that this was like a classic. Um, and so I thought I'd have to defend my take that Rusty was better. Um, but it's, I, it, the more I learn, the more it seems to be consensus that at least of the early stuff, Rusty is probably the most preferred among most fans, which is certainly the case for me. Um, you know, stick around for another album that we both feel kind of lukewarm about. Um, I like all three of these first records um, a lot, but I will say there's a significant drop off after Rusty for me with these first three. So I wonder if people will feel similarly to our discussion about wake up screaming as I did about burnout. Cause for me, they're kind of not that different of albums. Uh, we'll see. Yeah. Um, so this is, I want to call out uh, Brandon Kisner who posted oh. on our Facebook group. 
if you guys aren't following us on all the socials, it's interesting because we have different interactions in different yeah. places. So if you guys aren't following us on on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all all of those, then you should because there are some different different folks following different socials. So but we also got that said, Facebook group that we should probably do some more with, but people weigh in there as well sometimes. Sometimes, yeah, yeah. Uh, Brandon said, this was the only Slick Shoes album I had. I liked it, but I didn't love it. I had never heard Rusty except for a couple tracks from comps or videos. When you guys were talking about wondering what albums people considered classic from the discography, it brought something to mind. At this time, you were completely at the mercy of your local record store and what albums they had on the shelves. This was before pe- most people had CD burners, Kazaa, Napster, etc. Maybe you went into the store and they had Rusty on cassette and Burnout on CD. And you've recently started building a CD collection, so you go for the CD. Also, as a kid, your budget for new music is super limited, so all these factors come into play when talking about this era. For instance, I would consider Goldfinger one of my favorite bands of all time, but I never had their first album. For me, the classic album is their second album. With MXPX, I only ever bought Let It Happen, which I liked a lot, but I never went back and bought the older stuff. And yet, as spoiled as we are having access to everything now, there was nothing like going to The Wall or Coconuts and picking up one album and listening to it for five months straight. Generations after us must most likely won't appreciate their music in the same way we did, and they don't have that sweet, sweet lifetime warranty from The Wall. Um, so I think that's I think that's an interesting take, and it yeah goes to much of what we talk about and have talked about for almost three years, the Christian bookstore alternate universe mm-hmm. where that, that sort of reality of Christian music, Christian punk, Christian hardcore and metal that existed, that whatever local Christian bookstore you had available to you and whatever supply of CDs they had, that was sort of what, you in, got introduced to, and maybe you had a band come through town. You could go to a show and, and grab something, or maybe you got a comp, and maybe they they stocked it at like a local Best Buy, and you could get it there, you know. But uh, yeah, it's you were sort of at the mercy of what was available on the on the the Christian bookstore shelves, and um, you know, spoiler alert, uh, wake up screaming was an album an album that i skipped between burnout and the self-titled so it wasn't an album that i actively went out and picked up okay yeah i mean it's just such a different relationship to consuming media the like physical media search of the 90s was so different uh than how we consume and search for and find digital things these days. But uh, I mean, yeah, we've talked on the pod before about how if there was a new album that you wanted, sometimes you'd just buy it without having heard it at all. <laughs> or maybe you'd heard a single on the radio, yep. but if it wasn't used yet, you couldn't open it up and listen to it. So you'd be like, well, I want this one. And they'd be like 18 bucks sometimes. And yeah. sometimes it wouldn't work out. Sometimes it would, but yeah, that was like, I mean, just, I spent probably like the majority of my time, uh, you know, doing like weekend stuff, just like combing through used CDs at a bunch of different places and hoping you're going to find the one that you're looking for. So, yeah, that's yeah, the thing that though. Like, I, I, you had in the Twin Cities, you had Cheapo. I, yeah. I had, I feel like 
where I was, we had sort of a, uh, like a chain, it's like a CD warehouse or something, like a CD recyclery or like yeah. what? Are, what are the? There's one of those sort of chain, you know, used CD places, right. music places, and you know, I, I feel music like music around or something. Yeah, yeah, it's like one of those, and the the cheapo in the in twin the twin cities is just way hipper than any of those other other and spots. cheapo was like one of five you know when i was doing that so yeah we had a wealth of physical not, media yeah not so much in arlington heights right in the northwest <laughs> suburbs of chicago and i wasn't uh i wasn't aware of of navigating downtown chicago and hitting up like reckless or anything like right. that you know so i i was a lot more sheltered about about certain scenes i was so into one particular scene that i didn't i wasn't even aware that right. other record stores even existed if goody didn't got it you didn't got it <laughs> exactly you get it john gets it because goody right. got it <laughs> um uh, john we have uh, another hot take from longtime listener, Dr. Chad. Hey. Hey, John and Andrew. This is Dr. Chad calling <laughs> again from aggressively shitty Phoenix, Arizona, <laughs> which has only increased in its shittiness now that COVID-19 has, pro- has uh, kept me from being able to go anywhere else. Um, but the good news is, is that it's under 100 degrees today, and so I'll count that as a win. Oh, um, I just wanted to call in. And say that I really enjoyed the Slick Shoes um, episode. It whisked me back to my teenage suburban life. Um, and I believe I got Rusty as a Christmas gift. I remember opening that nice. this morning and being pretty stoked. Great Christmas. Um, giving Slick Shoes a listen again as an adult. I am not 100% sure why I liked them so much as a teenager. <laughs> um, I think you guys are dead on when you talk about the musicianship being really good. Um, they clearly know how to play their instruments. Um, I guess the biggest complaint that I have, listening to it again, other than, you know, the objectionable lyrics on some of the songs that you guys <laughs> talked about, but also um, Ryan's delivery I appreciated Brian's delivery corner there, but <laughs> wow, um, monotone much? Like it's mm. it's a it's difficult to listen to. Uh, otherwise, pretty good songs, but kind of that bro out monotone voice like really ruins it for me in terms of actually wanting to re-listen to that on a regular basis. Um, I'm excited where you guys are going with this season. I'm hoping that you're going to do some bands um, that are either fronted by or include more women. Mm. Um, some of my favorites from that time, I think of like Halo Friendlies or Isley, even though I'm pretty sure Isley was not a tooth and nail band. Um, one band I was super into as a teenager that was fronted by a woman was Element 101. Mm-hmm. And Mike actually produced their first record. So that's kind of an interesting take there. It'd be cool if, if you could get them or him to talk about doing that since I think that was one of the first, maybe the first record he did any type of production on. Um, so anyway, um, you guys are doing the Lord's work. I appreciate it. And I'm looking forward to the rest of the season. Bye. Thank you, Jen. Yes. Glad to have uh, you back in the mix. Yes. A hundred percent. So I don't know 
getting a right now could you know her saying it's under 100 degrees when it's literally uh feels <laughs> like negative 16 here in st yeah. paul mm. going up going up a solid 90 degrees that's <laughs> so crazy would sound would sound sounds pretty good right about now yeah um yeah so uh little little bit of an issue with ryan's delivery we've heard the same thing about you know the sort of monotone nature uh about burnout as well Uh, yes that was one of my critiques on one of your song your right one of your top three it was it just sounded very monotone um yeah it's i think when you listen to especially when you listen to their live album that came out in 2019 was that yes. that when yep. that came out and then uh you know uh, what's it what is it broadcasting live and then rotation and frequency mm-hmm. uh clearly Ryan's voice has gotten so much better yeah and I would even say by the self-titled record it's like i mean he has much more control and range by that yes by by self-titled and by far from nowhere he has his voice has gotten a lot better but even even still over these past yeah yeah he sounds great today 18 years he he has found his sort of sweet spot yeah. and and i think it's because for me where burnout struggles is just it it just there was a lot of we don't need to rehash it but like i think a lot of it was production for me and mm-hmm. whatever direction that they were trying to go it just did not it did not work for me yeah i i mean i would say to folks like dan and jen who like me knew some slick shoes but not a ton hold on because i think you're going to enjoy at least rotation and frequency um there's another record uh, that we're going to cover in the Patreon this week, uh, Far From Nowhere, that I also think uh, you will enjoy. Uh, in terms of vocals and uh, instrumentation and, and production, I think I think you'll be happy with those two records. I'm going to just guess that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he's back. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Phantom Cackler never Phantom, change. Phantom Cackler has returned for the Back first on the mic. first time this season for new listeners of the pod. <laughs> uh, this is the Phantom Cackler, as we have named him, uh, a mysterious fellow. Uh, yes, <laughs> who calls and does that. <laughs> That's un- all I ever un- want him to un- do. <laughs> unknown in terms of his identity. Uh, but I don't, I don't need to know it. This is, this is the kind of relationship I want with the phantom cackler. Absolutely. And I very much appreciate it. Keep on cackling, baby. Um, (laughs) I want to go back briefly to something that Jen said about, um, women fronted bands, which is something that we've talked about, not just in terms of the bands we cover, but who we want to talk with. You know, it's a very, white male Mm. cis uh (laughs) dominated scene and we are evidence of that um but we do we we don't want to 
keep it that way. It's just like looking back on a lot of these bands, there's not necessarily a ton to choose from. You know, I don't, I know all of those bands that she mentioned, but I don't know any of them super well. And I'm not sure that any of them really fall under skate punk, do they? They do, yes. Okay, okay. Um, uh, Element 101 would definitely, okay, uh, would definitely be one of those, would be one of those bands. Um, so I feel like I think of Isley as sort of like alternative rock. Yeah. Uh, Halo Friendly's Halo Friendly's pop punkish, yeah, right. Yeah, I think I think Element One Hundred One and 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 Halo Friendly's. I think we at the very least make an exception for them. Yeah, as yeah. far as like just kind of a diversification of the sound, um, right? Because you're right. She's. I mean, she's one hundred percent right. Like, and we can't we can't overlook the contribution at the at the very least of of that sort of those bands to the scene and for sure it gets tricky when we, we get a lot of great suggestions of bands and we're like well that's a little more this genre and we hope to get all the, to all these genres but yeah I'd, i would love to do a deeper dive on um at least a couple of those bands and and cover them this season so yeah adding them to the list thanks jen yes exactly um uh nikki p hey what up, boys? Uh, it's your boy, Nicky B. Colin, in the first part of the second episode of the new season, and I had just forgotten to call about the Rusty episode, uh, which I was super into. I grew up listening to MXPX. They were like my first band ever. Uh, Christian and Punk at the same time kind of were my springboard. But... Uh, Actually, I went to a private Christian school growing up, and we had a little chapel band. And one of the kids who was there told me that MXPX was satanic. I was like in eighth grade <laughs> or something. I remember back then, I was like, they're a Christian man. What the hell are you talking about? And he was like, no. My dad told me that they actually worship the devil. I was like, I don't think that's fucking true, but okay. Dad take. And he was like, you need to listen to Slick Shoes. They're way better, and they actually worship the real Jesus. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. We so I uh, did not stop listening to MXPX, but I found uh, found Slick Shoes, and I think the first album I actually listened to was um, uh, Waking Up Screaming. Yeah, that's the album. <clears throat> so super into them for a little bit. Didn't get huge into them, but listened to them throughout like middle school, high school, um, and just wanted to say, Andrew. You should not feel like a Norman because Joe Sick, Joe Sick is probably my favorite number one off that album. And my mm. favorite, still my favorite Slick Shoes song, even with their uh, new album that just came out. So oh, anyway, that's my two cents there. Super stoked to listen to the rest of this episode. Many smooches. Magnified pod for life. Peace. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, buddy. Man, uh, it, it's a. Uh... John, did you know? The MXPX worship the devil. <laughs> I remember hearing, probably in college, that they somebody saw them smoke weed. Um, <laughs> what like, outside of a club at a show? And I think I was still like a teenager, so I was just like, I mean that that can't be. And scandalized. Uh, yeah, I, <laughs> young young John. Yeah. So you know, it's not a big leap from Satanism to smoking weed. Um, <laughs> I've always said. 
the devil's lettuce, bro. That's how, that's, <laughs> that's how it gets you. That's right. That's from Matthew, I think. <laughs> yes. Um, oh, you know what? I, I forgot. Uh, there was one, one additional, one additional voicemail we needed to get to Danny Leary, uh, talking about green day. Hey, Danny again, Danny Leary. Uh, cause John said during the dookie question and coincidentally, I had, had not gotten to that part of the games episode, the, <laughs> I had not gotten to that part of the games in the episode yet. But John said, I don't know how much touring Green Day did early before Dookie. Well, I always go around like a jerk telling everyone that Green Day is my favorite 80s band because it's one of those, like, not-known facts that they formed in 1986, but they didn't actually get any recordings out until 1990. So everyone thinks of them as a 90s band. But under the wire, technically, legalistically speaking, Green Day is my favorite 80s band. I looked over to Jessica to see if she thinks I'm an idiot, but she has her headphones on. What? Do you think I'm an idiot? What? I think you're an American idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Best answer. Um, Danny, if you think I didn't have 39 Smooth and Kerplunk, you are mistaken, my friend. I knew they, that they existed before Dookie. I just, they were probably driving around in a van by themselves, uh, three people in a stinky van. Um, so I, I guess that is touring obviously, but I guess I think of like, you know, really on the road, shitty diet touring as being like, by the time you're on a like proper tour bus and stuff, but there's no reason that you wouldn't be eating poorly before that. So I guess my comment didn't make a lot of sense. You know, also we all know that legalistic people suck. (laughs) Danny. So makes me sick. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Sick enough to get diarrhea doogie, yeah, uh, or, or, or liquid dookie, liquid dookie, whatever it was. <laughs> gross, um, <laughs> gross indeed. Uh, okay, so this whole idea of like, so th- none of their proper recordings came out to the till the nineties. So are we are we calling a band a band of whatever? Whenever they formed, is that like the gener- the era in, in in what we're designating like an eighties band or a nineties band or whatever? I think it's when they had their most hits. That's what I would say. You know, also yes. So I think I think if you know that would be that would be like uh you know, when people talk about like, oh, I was a nineties kid, like when were you born? Well, nineteen ninety eight. It's like no, yeah. like you have to have been like ten in the you, decade, like, right? We yeah. we were nineties. We were nineties kids. kids. Only nineties like, kids will understand. Yeah. <laughs> so like, yeah, we were born in. I was born in eighty four. You were born in eighty three. Mm-hmm. You know, but I'm not an eighties kid because I was only six years old by the end of that decade. Right. So what is a kid? Yeah. Leave what us is, a voicemail with your thoughts. <laughs> what is what is a '90s kid? When did you first hear of '39 Smooth? Um, you know, I don't know. I just, I just, I feel like that is a little stretching it to consider. Uh, so, uh, so Danny, would you say then uh, that the Boss Tones aren't your favorite '80s band? Mm. Like that would be, I He's don't got know. you there. So 
that's that that just seems like you're saying that just to be contrarian mm-hmm. more more so than than trying to you know make a claim about your favorite band i think you just want to be to your point i think you just want to be a jerk <laughs> called out danny called out i'm sure he'll uh, leave us another voicemail explaining his point uh, yes, additionally I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure he'll explain why uh the mighty mighty boss tones were <laughs> actually a 60s band and yeah, he's already was- dialing the number right now <laughs> <laughs> oh man okay anyway um, thank thanks for, for voicemails, everyone. Those voicemails, John. Uh, I potentially have ruined part of a game. No, no, but, it's great. But I need to. I need to ask you a question. <laughs> Do you want to play a game? Is it a, a game for '90s kids? It is actually Perfect. the first. The first question. Then I'm ready. It's about a '90s kids game. Let's go. So this is a game. I'm calling. Now I lay me down to rest. I pray the Lord help me with this test. <laughs> if I should die before the quiz is done, I pray that John can at least get one. <laughs> uh, me too. <laughs> so uh, we're talking wake up screaming today. Hmm. So I'm going to ask you a series of questions uh-huh. about things that have to do with waking up or sleeping Mm-hmm. Or screaming, even. <laughs> so, let me pull up questions. I'm pulling up the questions here because we all know, John, <laughs> it's all bullshit unless you can read it. That's right. All right, John, are you ready? I'm ready. Um, this might be the question that I spoiled, but we'll see. Don't wake daddy was a classic 90s kids board game centered around children attempting to retrieve food in the middle of the night without waking their dad who apparently had his bed in the kitchen. (laughs) When you press the alarm clock too many times, the daddy character jerks upright in his bed. In 2008, Milton Bradley released a newer version of the game with a different daddy. John, (laughs) who is the daddy? Was it A, Darth Vader... B, Spongebob, C, The Hulk, or D, Batman? I believe we've covered Don't Wake Daddy on the pod before at some point. Yeah, what Uh, sort of authoritarian household is this (laughs) where the kids are like, I'm so hungry, and his dad has to like relocate his bed to the central portion of the house? I can get you snacks, but my dad will beat us if he catches (laughs) us. We have to be quiet. Also, Daddy. Also, I have like fucking roller skates and shit like all over the place so did you ever play the game no i didn't i didn't either it looked so cool um yeah, I, was... I have something it... sad to tell you andrew what's that this one was spoiled for me i saw yeah i saw mr hulk himself yes being woken up um yeah i don't know what i don't know if i get that one well it Judges, is cor- it Mickey. is it is correct it is the incredible hulk um, here's an image of it that I ruined. Uh, oh, Don't man. wake Hulk game from 2008. Uh, Marvel Spider Man and Friends. Your defense. He looks, he looks very happy. Yeah, he's not like Daddy, who's gonna murder you if he finds you snooping around the kitchen. Hulk is like, Hulk, time to play. Um, 
But he's got we, like a little stocking cap and everything. That's very cute. <laughs> he's having a good time. He's having he's having a great time. Um, yeah, I believe though the that entire have... house is set up with with the whole the structure of the house is set around <laughs> the bed. Them making sure that his children cannot eat food. <laughs> right. Uh, I believe though, in in my defense of yours or somebody's that I knew that this existed. So I want to say that I would have guessed this one, but uh, okay. anyway, somebody buy it for me, please. Okay. So uh, we'll go, we'll go. I mean, that's, this was on me. So John, I'm, I'm giving you uh, don't wake Hulky. For, okay, thank you. <laughs> for the first one. Um, conversation that we've had many times, shadow people. Yes. <laughs> sometimes experienced by people suffering from sleep paralysis. Some see demons, witches, or other terrifying figures. In Newfoundland, folklore refers to this individual as the old hag, a character that victims have described as a creature sitting on your chest or Awful. at the foot of your bed. What are some of the old-fashioned ways to counter the old hag? So one of these is fake. Okay. So three of these are real. Okay. One of these I made up. So do you A, sleep with a Bible under your pillow? B, do you strap a board with nails to your chest? Do you C, say the sleeper's name backwards? Or D, do you light candles at the foot of your bed? Um, fortunately, the shadow person that I saw was not in my bedroom. Yes. Uh, did we ever get to the bottom of your mom possibly experiencing a shadow person? Uh, we, I don't think we did. Okay. But, I might have to explore that at some point. Yeah. We might, I might have to, I might have to probe a little bit, see what she can, uh, what she can remember. But yeah, yeah. she, she did share with me about a, a shadow person experience. Terrifying. Um, Old hag. Yes, they, they, these these sleep paralysis creatures are known to sit on your chest, which is horrifying. Um, what's, I don't know, what's, what, so like the whole thing is the, the paralysis that you can't move. And so there's like this idea that like they're keeping you from moving, but like also being at the foot of your bed ugh. or like in the corner of a room is, ugh. I don't know what's more terrifying. <laughs> all bad options. All terrible. I hate all of it. I might have mentioned this before, but there's a documentary about this uh, phenomenon called the nightmare um, that is really interesting oh, and, cool, and cool, 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 cool. Sh- <laughs> sheds some light on, on theories why this happens. Um, I'm going to say that sleeping with Bible under pillow is plausible. Strapping a board with nails to your chest sounds uh, bananas. Um, so I'm going to say it's plausible. Seems like something, you know, some uh, Newfoundlanders might've done. <laughs> um, lighting candles at the foot of your bed seems plausible. I've, I feel like saying the sleeper's name backwards is maybe the one that feels most uh, out of step with uh, old folklore to me. Saying the sleeper's name backwards, you believe that is the fake one. I just want to clarify, John. Correct, correct. Okay, okay. Um, well, you are wrong. Uh, the correct answer in that it's the one I made up is lighting candles at the front right. of your bed. It was between those two. But that seems yeah. plausible. Um, yeah, so strapping a board with nails... Oh, I also, also knives. Knives is another option, John. Cool. Uh, so this is known as a hag board. <laughs> That's our new metal band. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Hag yeah. There, board. Yeah. There. This is all. There's like this whole thing. It's like 
it's so rooted in the in the Newfoundland culture of like mm. that like it's there's a verb like you got you got hagged you know like in the middle of the night you didn't sleep well sorry you, you just got hagged <laughs> you got hagged. that's what she would say Jer- to you no, yeah it's it's <laughs> pretty much jeremy jam from parks and rec <laughs> exactly you just got hagged uh yeah so um i suppose I also, the go ahead and I was just going to say, I don't recommend lighting candles at the foot of your bed. I was just going to say the same thing. It does seem like a recipe for uh, dying. So, As opposed to a uh, board with nails in your chest. <laughs> That's fair. But you, you don't start out to fire that way, I guess, at least. I don't know. Or you, you, I mean, you might stab your partner if you have a, a, a hag board. But <laughs> So the nails are facing out, so the yes. hag sits on them. Okay. Exactly, yes. That makes that makes more sense, but still bad. <laughs> Yeah. All right. We're moving on. What if your spouse like comes over for a cuddle and it's just like fuck? <laughs> well, so what happened? Sorry, to, you just got happened, hagged. What happened to Jenna? <laughs> you just got hagged. It's like what happened? <laughs> like I need to admit my wife to the hospital. What happened? She got hagged. Hagboarded. Hagboarded. <laughs> this episode of Homestar Star. So Runner. and so. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. The the te- Teen Girl Squad. Old hag. <laughs> All right. Oh. All right. Moving on. Question three. Groups of animals are referred to in different terms. Mm. A group of feeding vultures, for example, is called a wake. Which of these animal <laughs> groups did I make up? A, a scurry of squirrels. B, an industry of beavers. C, a business of ferrets. D, a grumble of pugs. Oh, man. I love like animal grouping <laughs> names it's so cool murder yes. of crows etc yeah exactly yep um i've never heard of any of these <sighs> boy i'm tempted to say there aren't like specific dog breed like that we're getting that granular with our group names and grumble of pug sounds so wild uh so therefore i think it is probably real uh a business of ferrets sounds like a Sherlock Holmes mystery or something. <laughs> um, very, very, <laughs> they're very uh, business-like ferrets. Yeah. Oh man, I guess ferrets get up to business. An industry of beavers is curious girls. Gosh, uh, I'm gonna say a business of ferrets is fake. A business of ferrets is not fake. Uh, <laughs> tough. Uh, Yes. So, Grumble of Pugs. Grumble of Pugs is real. Real. All right. An industry of beavers. I made up. All right. All right. That's pretty good. That's very believable. There were so many great, <laughs> great options. So you, everybody, should go and look up different animal group names. They are very wild, and sometimes specific animals, like for example, vultures, have different terms for whether they're flying or on the ground or uh, feeding. So they're like, it's all over the place. Yeah. Um, but I love a grumble of pugs. That's I pretty great. That's perfect. Your classic pug grumble. <laughs> <laughs> all right, question four. Mm. The Scream is the popular name given to the Norwegian painter Edvard Munch's 1893 iconic composition. I'm assuming you're familiar with The Scream. Yes, Home Alone, yes. right? Yep, exactly. Uh, 1994, two men broke into the National Gallery in Oslo and stole the painting. On the same day, 
as the opening of the Winter Olympics in Lillehammer. The thieves left a note. What did it say? Did it say, A, thanks for the poor security. B, Tanya did it. C, hello, did you scream? Or D, guess who? <sighs> I remember this happening, but I do not remember the note. And you have- remember this happening? Yeah, this is like big news. I, all the only thing I remember about the 1994 Winter <laughs> Olympics was Nancy Kerrigan, Tanya Harding. Well, yes. Constantly, forever and ever and ever. Certainly overshadowed that theft. Um, maybe I remember it because they like found it later and that was also in the news. I don't know. Um, <clears throat> Tanya did it would be clever, but maybe too clever. Um, boy, I'm going to go, hello, did you scream? So you're saying that the hello, did you scream is the real one? Yeah. Um, I <sighs> they said thanks for the poor security okay now that does sound familiar kind of um, which is I mean not Rude. only are you being a dick and stealing a painting but like you're like rubbing it in their face uh, what's interesting is they did re- end up recovering the painting maybe a few months later totally fine Okay. It, it did get stolen again. Okay, maybe that's what I remember. In 2004. Okay. But the guy who stole it originally in 1994 had stolen another Munch painting in the 80s. So I'm not sure what this guy's deal is, but... It's uh, real Munch Muncher. Yeah. He's, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, good one. Oh, uh, thanks for the poor security. <laughs> <laughs> that's what he's like. That's that's yes. how Scandinavian stock. He and he let left some dried fish in its place. <laughs> oh man, I'm not faring too well. No, let's see let's see what you can do with this last one, John. Maybe this is music related. See if you can get this one. Scream is a popular song title. Which of these artists hasn't written a song titled Scream? A. Slipknot. B. Misfits. C, Corn, or D, Michael Jackson? All very plausible. And if you'd like me to sing some of Stop Preserving Me, I could <laughs> sing that. That's Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. With? I know. Uh, with Janet Jackson, of course. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was a that was quite the video. It was cool. I believe there was some Akira on the TV screens. Uh, they were in like a weird white spaceship. It's great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um... I know that Misfits has a song called Scream, so that's two out of four. Now, the other two, certainly plausible candidates uh, for a song called Scream. I'm not super familiar with either of their discographies. Um, We all know that Slipknot is a ska band because of (laughs) the number of members in the band. (laughs) Exactly. Um, I'm going to say Corn. You're saying Korn has not written a song called Scream. Correct. You are correct, John. Hey, all right. There you go. There they you did go. have a song called Adidas, uh, which stood for All Day I Dream About Sex. Perhaps you remember that. I do remember. <laughs> Good times. <Yeah>. They, 
Corn has some bummer song titles. <laughs> yeah. uh, and would you like me to read you a few now? <laughs> yes, I would. <laughs> All right. So from uh, 1994's debut, I believe that was their debut. Uh, yeah. Uh, they have a, a song called Ball Tongue. Cool. They, they also have a song called Daddy. <laughs> Don't wake in parentheses. Don't wake. Um, they have a song on their Life is Peachy record called Porno Creep. Yep. Sounds which right. Which also has uh, the song Adidas. They have a song called Ass Itch. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Worse than Liquid Dookie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, they have a song called Earache in My Eye, which is okay. really clever. <laughs> so everybody go listen to some corn. Just kidding. Shout out to uh, Brian Headwelch. Now, of course, a Christian rocker. Yes. Um, Woof. Boom, da, da, boom. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should get a cameo from one of them. Definitely not. Um, All right. Well, I got you. You got maybe two. two. (laughs) Yes. This is going to be another controversy, (laughs) another game controversy, whether or not you deserved that because I, because I blew it and showed you Hulk daddy. (laughs) Let's get our finest legal minds on this, on this case. (laughs) Yes. Danny, Mickey, we're going to need you to get down to the bottom of this. Mm -hmm. Um, All right. That was fun. Should we, Wake up screaming? I think so. We'll take a nap. When we come back, we'll wake up screaming. Hey, sugar. I'm Erica Michelle. I host a voice diary called Brown Sugar Diaries on the Rock Candy Network, where I spill all the tea about my daily experiences, life lessons, my journey to healing and wholeness, my life as an entrepreneur, student doctor, CEO of a nonprofit, and I give my opinion on the current happenings of the world. You see why I have this voice diary? I got a lot of stuff to talk about. Tune into Brown Sugar Diaries wherever you listen to podcasts, and let's sip on this tea or wine. You'll cup your business, sugar, okay? back and we're talking 2000s wake up screaming Mm -hmm. uh so as i had already mentioned in the first half this was not a record that i snagged when it came out i'm going out on a limb that you also did not have this record I had no slick shoes records. Yeah, no slick shoes records. I remember Angel. I remember yes, that being certainly comps. Yep. I remember it being the one song that I heard from the record. And I can't I can't place why I didn't buy this record. Uh whether I or not I thought Angel was too poppy or what it was that made me decide to skip this and then pick up the self-titled record. If you thought Angel was too poppy, it is curious that you would have picked up the self-title. Right. That's what is curious. So I don't, I don't know what, what it was. I can't, I can't place 
the the reasoning behind it. Yeah. Yeah, but, I yeah. I knew this record. Um certainly remember seeing it, probably not as much as Burnout, but yeah, mainly because of Angel. And if you would have asked me like, I don't know, a handful of slick shoes songs prior to the season, I certainly would have named Angel as one of them. Um but yeah, I didn't I didn't uh another one that I did not know at all. Um this came out May 23rd, 2000 on Tooth and Nail, as you said. Uh, at this point, Jackson no longer in the band, uh, but Dale Yab still is. Um, although, I mean, I believe he left after, not long after the recording, because he did not, uh, I don't think he toured with the band on this one. He's also after not credited. Oh, he's not? On here. Interesting. I it's, thought he was for some reason. It's possible it, that he just was not on this at all then. I mean, no, he's he's credited like in the oh i see like in the song but not as writing. a band member yeah yeah that's, okay. that's what's he might have left part of the way through and, and at that point he knew he was out of the band or whatever maybe, maybe um, he decided maybe he's like i'm i'll stick it out through the recording but yeah because that could be. he, he gets credit on i think all of the songs yeah and with the exception of i guess which was a re right uh a re-recording um but yeah. yeah, so we got a uh, Greg Tagawa yep. coming in to play guitar. Um, yep. I guess trying to fill those fill those shoes. Those are those are tough shoes to fill. Yeah, uh, I would say that on uh, one of the records that we're going to cover on the Patreon this week, they are filled eventually, almost. Uh, they are not filled on this record. <laughs> I would say. Yeah. Um, but um, we also got a correction from a couple of folks, uh, including Jeremiah, <laughs> about one thing that I want to say I got wrong, or maybe we both got wrong, but that uh, on Rusty, the vocals were the only thing that Steve Kravak tracked. Um, he did not do the instruments, whereas on Burnout, he did everything. Um, right. We had some discussion of that last week about vocals on one record sounding a certain way versus instruments on the other and why the snare in particular and burnout sounded the way that it did. Um, but anyway, wanted to get that correction yes. out there. Yeah. It's then this is something that's, it's hard to know, like who is the driving influence behind right. the sound of a record, unless you're literally getting from the horse's mouth who is driving that sound. So right. especially for a record that's 20 plus years old, you know. Right, exactly. So was it a Steve decision, was it a band decision because it it said on burnout that it was produced by Steve Kravak and Slick Shoes. Right. So who yeah. who made those calls and, you know, so uh I don't know. Maybe we'll be able to talk to some people someday. We'll we'll get to the bottom of it, but perhaps uh, for now, for now, we will just stand by that correction of yeah. who did what. Yeah, this time around, produced by Bill Steven and Stephen Edgerton, uh, both of Descendants. Uh, Bill was the Stevenson. is the Bill Stevenson. What did I say? Stevens. I think so. 
This is just like how I called Stefan Edgerton, Stephen Edgerton, and Steve. <laughs> <laughs> and I said that he played in Bad Religion, not Descendants. <laughs> I've really gotten a lot wrong surrounding Stefan Edgerton and his, uh, his, his compatriots. So anyway, produced by Bill Stevenson, the drummer of the Descendants, and Stefan Edgerton, the guitarist from the Descendants, uh, who have both had both done some production stuff for MXPX as well. We talked about Stefan yeah. pretty regularly in our first season. He played on several MXPX records. Um, yeah. And uh, and mixed and mastered by Jason Livermore, uh, who also did production work for All and Ace Troubleshooter uh, around that time. And then after that, Suicide Machines, Rise Against, No Effects. So good credits all around on these producers. Um, I would say that the drums sound better <laughs> on this record than on Burnout. Um, I think this, I think the drums. There's drums and bass on this record. You know, there's, yeah, that's, the bass that's, is still fairly low in the mix compared to like Rusty, but yeah, right. But it's it's definitely there. Uh, the mix is better. Yes, it's agreed. a step up from Burnout. Yeah, and in terms of musicality, like I like this less than Burnout, which I liked a lot less than Rusty, but. I still like it. I, I think it's a good record. I don't think there's any bad songs on it. I, it continues that trend into less complex, poppier songwriting, I would say. Right. Um, the, the sort of, there are some, there are some standouts on this record that are unique mm-hmm. that, uh, the, the more hardcore elements that we found on Rusty and that we find in later albums and like the heavier elements are very infrequent yes. on this record, yeah. which we've wondered about whether or not you can attribute to the time this record came out. Coming out in the year 2000, mm-hmm. pop punk was starting to become a far more glossy mm-hmm. kind of style. Yeah. Yeah. And I, skate you know, punk was out. Pop right. punk was very much in. And that will certainly be, uh, even more felt on the next two records. There is an O two and O three. Um, but yeah, it's, I guess it's kind of a, you know, I feel like regardless of the fact that it kind of continues more into that pop territory, it moves more away from skate. It does kind of feel like the first three records are sort of an era. Um, and this is the end of that era. Um, yeah, I, I mean the, there's an interesting thing that happens where a lot of the tracks blend into each other. And I don't mean like they all sound the same. I mean, like, a track will go straight into the yes. next one. Yeah. Um, so like several times there were songs that I was like, wait, did that one end? And then I'd have to go back and be like, oh, right. That's, that's the ending of it. Uh, which is interesting. Um, I don't mind it. And uh, I would say like lyrically, um, although each album sort of gets less adolescent, <laughs> which makes sense. Uh, it's mainly still about God and girls. Um, yes. Not not as much about friends screwing them over this time. Yes. Uh, this is a this is a, a far more positive record overall. Yeah, I feel right. like it's not as if if as we said in the last episode, if Rusty was 
I'm a piece of shit. <laughs> and burnout was you're a piece of shit. <laughs> right. You know, this one is more like uh I'm still sort of a piece of shit, but, <laughs> but I'm not I'm not giving up. <laughs> I'm not giving up and, yeah. and and God's great and yeah, I love you and, and that sort of thing. <laughs> I'm 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 par- I'm not trying to be an asshole. Like no, honestly, I'm not trying I'm not trying to be an asshole. I'm just I'm just trying to paraphrase the differences between the, the sort of the tone. Yes. This one has a little bit more uh it's 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 less self-flagellate. <laughs> there's right, not a lot yeah. of self-flagellation on this record as right. there were in the first two. Yeah, I think there's a there's a big through line about like I'm not gonna give up. We're not gonna give up. Whereas the first two were like, I'm just gonna sit in my hole and everything sucks. <laughs> um we should also mention uh, that sh- last bit of energy <laughs> to, to cry in misery. <laughs> cry in misery. Um we should also shout out our shadow producer Jason. Um these three records came out uh, through Unoriginal Vinyl last year, yeah. um, and they look very cool. And I think there's still some of at least a couple of them available, so folks should yeah. head over should to the Unoriginal Vinyl shop and pick those up. I think, yeah, I think you can get them on the Tooth and Nail, the Tooth and Nail yeah. store too. Um, so, should we talk about the cover? Should we talk yeah, about this? Should we Let's talk about it. this artwork? The the don't wake daddy esque. <laughs> the don't wake screaming. daddy wake up Human. screaming. <laughs> yeah. Um as I said I think last episode. Um <laughs> not a fan of the cover. No, I'm not a fan of really any of this. But <laughs> I the slick shoes artwork has never been their strong suit yeah um, as we said rotation of frequency cover cool cool uh yes. other than like, that's even, <laughs> even rusty it 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 felt of a, of its time yeah the ep it, the original ep cover is cool ep original ep cover might be the coolest of all of it yeah. but uh a child in uh <laughs> fish pajamas <laughs> in clown sheets in his bed screaming crying in misery <laughs> <laughs> and then the back cover uh it shows the bed empty by the way mm. <laughs> and slick shoes standing off to the right mm. uh it, it's it's just it's a creepy vibe it's a, <laughs> it's a very creepy vibe i don't like the idea of adult men in standing <laughs> in a screaming child's bedroom yeah not not the best look um and we should say that Jason shared with us some alternative art, some alternate, I don't know. Alternate artwork, yeah. Alternate artwork. Um, 100% of, less uh, yeah. <laughs> children in their pajamas on the cover. Yeah. It was actually really cool. It was kind of this like yeah. 50s horror movie vibe, oh. uh, which we'll share on the socials. I think we can yeah. put those up. So why don't we, ah. why don't we hear from Jason? He has Let's a little it. bit of history about Mm. this album. It's time for another episode of Interesting History with Unoriginal Vinyl. This is pertaining to the Slick Shoes album, Wake Up Screaming, that was released in 2000. Now, the album, which was put out by Tooth & Nail, has some very interesting pulp comic art on the original cassette release for uh, the album. It was two songs, Angel and Have I Said Too Much, which featured a toy bat swooping down and terrifying a young maiden who was laying in bed. 
the band hated this artwork. Uh, they took the same exact logo font from Burnout, just slapped it on the front cover in orange, and the band said no. So what did they do instead? They decided to have a new photo shoot that Brandon Ebel threw together haphazardly, very quickly, of a boy in a room. Uh, apparently he was an actor kid, and the parents spent the whole entire photo shoot screaming at him to get him to look more genuine, like he was waking up from a nightmare. Uh, and then the band was also on set, who had to stand looking menacingly uh, over the boy for certain promo photos, and then uh, in the back cover of the album, the boy disappears. So what you end up looking like is this young 20-something bunch of guys sneaking into a little boy's bedroom, and the boy disappears. Uh, really, really brilliant artwork choice that I got uh, the privilege and pleasure to recreate from scratch because none of those art files existed. So when I put some test pressings together, not only did I recreate in square format the original album artwork, removing the Slick Shoes logo, but then um, when that test pressing first got rejected, I got a second batch of test pressings and I recreated it again with this silly, unoriginal vinyl robot. And instead of the woman being terrified, uh, she was warming herself by the fireplace that I put inside of my belly. Uh, I am the robot. <laughs> you are the so robot. <laughs> we just thought that would be a funny send-up to that old artwork. Uh, what a terrible, terrible decision for artwork <laughs> as artwork goes. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, boy. Not That's, holding back in that episode that of Interesting History. Jason Zyman. <laughs> um, yes, pretty much. So I hadn't I hadn't listened to that, to that yet. <laughs> I... Uh, like it's funny. I mean, I guess I guess it's pretty easy in your 30s now to come to the conclusion that like the optics of a group of 20 something standing in a children's bedroom with a boy gone yeah. uh is I mean that's one thing, but it's it's a whole other thing that is a significant bummer that this poor kid was <laughs> yeah, being yelled at. Oh man. And like, and also that this was the take that they used too, <laughs> because it's not, it's still not very good. Oh man. It's still not very convincing. Come on, Peter, be terrified. <laughs> I don't want to be here. Oh man. We should find that kid and get him on the pod. <laughs> we should get him on the pod. I wonder how he's doing these days. Oh, uh, in therapy, no doubt. <laughs> I just pictured these like emo guys standing over my bed. They had Jinkos on. <laughs> Um, I, I really want to, I really want to find, let's ask Jason if he, yeah, we need to, I want to find this kid. I want to, I want to get this, get him on the button. <laughs> oh boy. Should we start listening to this album? I think we should. Yeah. <laughs> um, so let's start with the opening track that, uh, another interesting decision. Another day. <laughs> glory, glory, hallelujah. Glory, glory, hallelujah. 
Um, so this album is one of those albums that I kind of struggled with choosing a top three. Um, because there weren't enough that you liked. <laughs> there weren't there weren't a lot of songs on this yeah. record that I felt very st- strong. There's one particular song that I do feel strongly about. Um, so uh, another day is my number two. Okay, but it's it's not. <laughs> it's, it's a not, soft number two. It's, it's a, it's a <laughs> no no one no one wants a soft two. No one wants a song. I wasn't even two. thinking that, but yes, thank you. <laughs> um it's it's a I think it's a good opening song. Yeah. I think uh, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. It it it's you know, I feel like it has it kind of has the the tone for the record of yeah. um that it, it, this is also another one of those records where it's like, or is this about God or is this about a girl? Right. I feel like I feel like MXPX kind of went through, right through some of that. They, uh, it's like she stayed in that territory for a while. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it seems to be kind of about like you know touring and feeling alone, things changing. But I believe God being constant. Yeah. Um, and all the time that has gone by, only you have stayed the same. Yeah. So uh, I don't probably, have the strength to do it all alone. Thank God I'll never be. Yeah. So um, I feel like that is sort of feels to me like a lot of what is going on on this record. Yeah, agreed. Um, but it's, I don't know this in reality, this could be my number three, but I, I didn't feel, I didn't feel strong enough about sure. it. Sure, I share your, general assessment of uh i do like choosing that, songs i do like that the bass is a little bit more clear yes but you know it's it's weird too because with bill and stefan behind the boards i there are some think they'd songs, go harder well not no not even that the there's there's some one particular song where it's it's a little bit more obvious to me uh in if if on burnout i had some gripes about the drum tone and drum sounds on this album i have a little bit more complaints about the guitar sounds sure. yeah i feel like i feel like the guitar sounds a little muddy like a little yeah. like dampened or like mm-hmm. dull like not not sharp and not like right. shreddy enough that you expect on slick shoes albums yeah Man, I keep, <laughs> we're not talking about Far From Nowhere on the main feed. Yes. Um, we're talking, we're covering it on Patreon. I keep wanting to pivot to that. Yes. Because just a quick spoiler alert here. Yes. We both think that album rules. Yes. Um, Far and, From Nowhere. So from Rusty to Far From Nowhere, those in this in this era of Slick Shoes, of the, their first iteration mm-hmm. before they reunited, Yes. Uh, those bookended albums, Rusty mm-hmm. and Far From Nowhere, are clutch. Yeah, I certainly yeah. agree. Those are my Ooh. number one and two of that era. Um, so I'm glad that we agree. I wonder if that's a hot take. I don't know how people feel. Um, but I'm only bringing that up to say that the guitar sound on that record 
could not be more different sounding uh, yeah. than the wake up screaming sound. It's yeah. yeah, crunchy and huge sounding. And well, yeah. we're gonna get into it on the Patreon, <laughs> on feed Patreon because so. there is a punk legend who engineered that. Yeah, record. there is. We'll get into so, it. We'll get into it on the Patreon feed. Yes. Um, anyway. Anyway, back to this record. <laughs> um, uh, Constancy. Yeah. Just giving a big thumbs down. <laughs> uh, I mean, this this sounds like. I mean, it's a kind of a pop punk worship song. Yeah. Um. I I don't know. So I'm not. Here's the thing. I'm not. I am not going out of my way to just be a Debbie Downer. I'm trying to be like authentic and give my feedback on. Yeah. on this records and these records and like look it's like as i said i didn't grow up listening to this record like i did burnout and rusty but even still like you know i have my criticisms of burnout which was an album i grew up listening to right um but i just think as as i'm listening to a song like this it i struggle with I think what I take from these songs are are as somebody who has gone through a religious deconstruction mm-hmm. and has worked through a lot of and has and continues to work through a lot of my of issues related to self-hatred I I hear some of these songs and it sort of whisks me back to this age when I think like you know, things I did and I and did not think through and you still care for me in spite of what you've seen, that sort of like self-hatred and shame mm-hmm. like is still a lot of like shit that I have to, I'm still working on. So I hear mm-hmm. a song like this and it bums me out because it really makes me think about how I used to be and I did not like that that was the kind of person I was. Yeah. So I'm not trying to just be intentionally dismissive of the song because of lyrics, but it like it resonates with me in a way that reminds me of a of a painful time in my adolescence. Yeah, I get that. I it, we're certainly kind of back into similar theology to the old days for slick shoes of the kind of like how could you love someone like me 
uh, vein that I thought we'd sort of <laughs> moved past. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I I don't uh, <laughs> dislike it as much as you do. I think. I think it's fine. Um, it's not that I even dislike it. I just don't. Sure. It the lyrics hit me in a way that it sure. just bums me out, and I also don't think it's really saying something different than they've said right. on the last couple records. Yep. It doesn't feel like there's an urgency to the song. But Agreed. Anyway, uh, now the the single, the big single. Mm. There's the bass. There it is. Big time. <laughs> without wings uh does this make your list it does it's my number one okay okay oh wow really wow <laughs> uh this is my number three yeah i i did not expect it to be my number one um i think like Who's the you normie now i know exactly <laughs> i was like joe sick i mean there's nothing more normcore than having angel as your number one um and i think like you it, it did feel a little I knew the song and I knew it to be poppy, um, but I liked it enough. Um, but I think listening through it in the context of this record, A, there aren't a lot of those hardcore leading songs that you mentioned earlier that tend to be my favorites. And B, I feel like there's just no arguing that this is a, a very solid pop punk song. Like It is. That's why it's in my top three. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is why I was saying like, I could probably switch another day in Angel um, yeah, because I do feel a little bit more strong. You know, I'm going to do that. I'm <laughs> okay. going to switch another day. Call Angel. Angel, I'm going to call it audible because the 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 drums and the and the dan 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 it like the the way yeah. that they do the some of those drum transitions and yeah, I'm I'm into the drums a lot on this song. Yeah, agreed. Even if it's not my favorite slick shoes mode i think it's a really well executed version uh of the band in that mode and yeah it's got another great bass intro which kind of reminds me of rusty songs yeah um and it's just so catchy i mean there's a reason that this is a song that people know from them um yeah yeah i was kind of surprised but i was like oh, i guess it is i mean it's it feels kind of like the most iconic and the most kind of fully a single on this record uh song to me um 
yeah, I don't, it's funny. <laughs> there are a lot of misattributions of the song to Unwritten Law online. Um, I don't know if you noticed that, but I was no, like doing research. There was like that's funny. tons of videos that were like Unwritten Law Angel. I'm like, well, it's funny because I did get a very Unwritten Law vibe from this album, even before do, realizing that. Do they, does Unwritten Law have a song called Angel or are they just... No, I think people just thought this was them. It was kind of one of those, you know... Kaza era any, any MXPX sort of, mistakes. Any, yeah, any it's it's yeah. Yeah. Uh, any joke song is is weird Al, you know. <laughs> right, exactly. But there's yeah, I, I think it's partly the his vocal quality on this record, um, and partly kind of the sound do remind me of Unwritten Law. So anyway, I don't know. I think it's a very solid and catchy uh pop punk song, and it's my number one. <laughs> Um, so this is one of those songs that you were talking about. You were talking about, uh, they seamlessly transition or they, they're, they, right, go, right. they, what, what did you say that they, they sort of just, just kind of like rolls into the next song or yeah, I don't know, but you, yeah. but you use some term that they just sort of like blend together or something. Right, right, right. Yeah. This goes right into peace of mind if you're not paying attention. Right. This song really starts off pretty slow for yeah. me. Uh, I feel like they're where it gets good. Mm-hmm. Pulling a pulling a John here. Hey, uh, the bridge, and then sort of the end of the song. Yes, I don't know if you would probably agree with that. I fully agree. Um, yeah, let's hear some. Got to give them the key to everything that you lose. Otherwise, what's the point? Take my life, yo. I love this. This is great. Yes, that That sort of spoken bridge uh, into it. That second half of the song sort of redeems the song. It it makes it makes it makes the song worth listening to to the end when the first half is like, this is okay. And then you're like, oh, and then when it gets into like the sort of chunky yes, uh, into the second verse, you're like, okay, something's happening here. Yeah. I would say that's how I feel about a lot of slick shoes songs. Not even that, like, I don't like the beginning part, but just like around the bridge, they will often take a turn into a place that's like suddenly super interesting. And I remember you being like, oh, so the last 30 seconds are so good that it makes your top three. But I'm like, (laughs) sometimes for me, it like culminates in this place where I'm just like, oh, well, I can't 
deny where it got to. Um, and I love how it ends. That happens for a lot of songs. And yeah, that like dropout of just the guitar and then the different vocal parts is so yeah. cool. Um, yeah. This would probably be my number four. I really like this song. I think it's I think it's cool. I th- like I said, it 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 doesn't. The first half doesn't capture my imagination in anywhere nearly as much as the second half when it gets into that. Because sometimes I forget and I'm just like, oh shit, there this is right. They're doing something, something here. <laughs> um, uh, speaking of that section, I want to pay a visit to Ryan's vocab corner real quick. Uh, abstruse thoughts, they tear me apart. Abstruse, a term you're <laughs> super familiar with? <laughs> uh, it is It is not. I feel like it's more or less interchangeable with obtuse, which is the more heard <laughs> word. But, uh, you know, it, shout out, abstruse. Is it, is, it, is, it, is it like a, a portmanteau of... Uh, abstract abstracted and obtuse. obtuse. <laughs> Probably that's like its origins. Um, but it is a, a real word, so shout out to him. Perhaps he had his thesaurus or something. Shout out also to uh, Robert De Niro. Uh, <laughs> a little quote from the movie Casino, <laughs> randomly in here. Otherwise, what's the point? <laughs> it's like a song from the movie about, you know, <laughs> there's nothing like turning gangster dialogue about <laughs> somebody's girlfriend into being about God, um, which is cool. <laughs> Um, you know, I, I, I think we need more, we need to get back to that golden era of putting movie quotes in, yes. in skate punk songs. Agreed. I love that. That was such, that was such like, I feel like, uh, lag wagon did that a lot. And, sure. uh, dude, you, know, you a magic magnet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like that, that sort of stuff. I like yeah. that. I like it. Let's get back there. It's great. Uh, I also wanted to just. Shout out the opening. The song starts with, I wake up, a new day has come. Seems so hard to get out of bed. Sometimes I question what it is for. It gets hard to find meaning in the routine, which uh, very COVID vibes. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Very much how I'm feeling these days. Uh, Breaking breaking this wide open, uh, Ryan Kepke predicting COVID 20 years years early. That's what he's talking about if you read between Uh, the lines. Uh, You know, have you... So speaking of also that sort of uh, COVID vibes, mm-hmm. um, Rebecca Black, yes, the new Friday, the new Friday, it's a jam. Um, but I, I remember how somebody uh, made this made this tweet. People made fun of her for saying yesterday was Thursday and tomorrow was Saturday. <laughs> but, but, you know, to be honest, I would, I would die to have that sort of certainty right now. A hundred percent. Just like, I don't know what day it is. Rebecca black, very confident about the days yes. of the week. <laughs> just got to have her bowl. Just got to have cereal. She knows gotta, what she's doing. Got to wake up, got to go downstairs, got to have her bowl, got to have cereal. Oh man. Props to her for like, uh, reframing the narrative on her, on her life. Um, yeah, that's, I mean, she's, this is one of those things. Like she could have been done that thing where she like, like, I want to leave the whole nightmare, like <laughs> right. literally being bullied out of school because people are so terrible to her. And yeah. now, uh, in her early twenties now, uh, she's, she's like steering into the skid. And she's yep. like you said, reframing it. She's she's taking control. She is changing the narrative. I think good for her. Yeah, get her on the pod. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, hide and seek.
this is um almost the whole song but it's yeah. it's the uh almost the shortest the second shortest song on the record yeah uh so i don't know i like the i think the chorus does something interesting but sure that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> uh, it's it's another it's another fine song. I'm I'm going to be very curious what people think if this is like the um, if this and the self titled or like the before everything and after of of slick shoes. Like if maybe people got into them in the early two thousands and sure. I, I, and, I have to believe rust, there. And Rusty's less polished, and people don't like that. And in the way that we like right. uh, teenage politics, and we're into poking at you and, and all that. That's kind of what I assumed going in, but really, people seem to be pretty universal on, on Rusty, I think. Yeah. Um, but I have to imagine there are tons of people who bought this album because of Angel. Uh, yeah. I could be wrong. But I also saw a lot of sort of chatter online from the sort of 02, 03 era of people saying Slick Shoes was Jackson Mold and when he left, it haven't been the same. So I don't know. I mean, fascinating. Yeah. Interesting to hear what people might think about our takes. Um, I mean, the people on the Patreon are going to hear some spicy takes. They, there is an album without Jackson that uh, rules pretty hard. <laughs> yep. It's not the self titled one. No, it is not. Uh, lucky. intro i think they're doing something interesting with the the intro rules yeah i like hearing that bass too yeah um yeah i like the song a lot i think the intro is great um i like the bass part in the final chorus too he does little noodling um but you know i want to shout out my dude my dude ryan kepke yeah you know this i i feel like we would have been bros because (laughs) I'll never understand what you see in me. <laughs> I'm just a normal guy, plain as can be. 
He sucks you know, for God and for girls. <laughs> he doesn't get how God can like him. He doesn't get how girls can like yeah, him. Yeah, like, come on, dude. Like, you're, you seem like a good dude. You're great. Like, hey, we haven't said this, but Ryan, handsome guy. Oh, he, uh, oh come he, on. He, he continues um, our, our lead singer. Uh, he's, he's got a glow up for sure. <laughs> for sure. He's, he's, he's looking good. The, handsome dude. That, that cover of... Uh, that cover of of the live album yeah, with him like good. looking all like hardcore screaming into the mic. Oh man. That's what I see in him. He's yeah, not just a normal guy. He's not just a normal guy. He's up there. <laughs> he's a rock star. He's, yeah. he's shredding on them. You know, he's, uh, he's break dancing in his, <laughs> in his jorts, you know, <laughs> <laughs> what more can you ask for? Really? You can't, you can't, you know, um, were you, sorry, were you going to say more? <laughs> no, I just, I just wanted to, I just wanted to give him some love on the, on this. Yeah. You know, it's like we all, uh, I'm cheer up, you? emo kid. Cheer up, emo kid. Smile. Uh, <laughs> we love you. We love you, man. I'm sorry <laughs> that we're dumping on some of your songs here, but like, we like, we like your band a lot. <laughs> yeah, we do. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't wait to see uh, the rotation and frequency tour oh, that, that we are. So, can we talk for a second about? uh fauci today talking about by april maybe there being open season for just like pretty much everybody being able to start getting access yeah to the vaccine yeah with these like 50 million new vaccines they've got lined up they said by july everybody should have it now I don't know if that means we're going to be packing into clubs. Uh, no. <laughs> maybe we can not. go to like baseball games again, spread out or something. No, but, for sure. And I'll, and like for a while, I'll still be wearing a mask. Yeah. I think we're going to be wearing masks for a while. We're going to be wearing a mask for a while. But like I, that to me is. It's encouraging. Far more reassuring and encouraging that like yeah. maybe by this fall, we might be able uh, to have a show or something, you know? I really didn't want to come on this episode and be like a broken record again, but just listening to rotation frequency and getting super into this band, yeah. I'm just like, I want so badly to see them live and they I, haven't gotten to tour for that record yet. And I, it needs to happen. Yeah. The, the, I started listening to when I knew we were going to start this season mm-hmm. and we were going to start doing slick shoes this last year. Uh, last last summer I started listening to so like I don't know like six or seven months ago or eight months ago at this point yeah. uh, I started listening to Slick Shoes more in earnest and discovered Far From Nowhere mm. and I'm so glad I did and yeah, man. and then when the when broadcasting live came out and I realized I'm like oh there's some mm-hmm. they have some of those songs on there on the live i'm like man i i should i should check this out and yeah man i'm just so excited to because i i've said i've never seen slick shoes live and that's right yeah and how ryan's voice has gotten so good and how good this new record is i'm really excited because we're going to be talking about rotation and frequency Next, next week, yep. Next week, because we're 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 doing only some of the records on the main feed, but the rest, as we speak, of being a broken record, they're going to be on <laughs> Patreon. But um, I'm very excited to talk yeah, rotation and frequency next week. Whew. that's a good record. Yes. I just um, I just feel like we need to intersperse these positive, <laughs> yeah, you know, 
Because I don't want, I just don't want people to think we're. No, no, no. You know. Yeah. I mean, Debbie Downers. Along with Five Iron, they're on the list of like, you and me are going to be wherever they are playing a show. Whenever that happens, sometimes in the next year, I hope. Yeah. I seriously, when the the albums that Slick Shoes and Five Iron have put out last year and this year, oh my God. I just, it's just, it blows my mind that like, uh, I'm just so excited for the new music that's coming out from, 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 bands that i've loved for for so many years for this show we're three for three for bands we covered putting out excellent albums as their most recent ones so yes yeah it's a good trend it is a good trend so it's a power that we need to wield um you know it's what <laughs> who it, should uh, we choose next we'll have to be very careful <laughs> uh rem oh maybe no, <laughs> somebody did that already <laughs> somebody did that already no i because that's a band that if i had to choose a band that is never getting back together. Right. And if I knew I had the power, yeah, I've never, I've never seen, have you ever, have you talked about this? We probably talked about this. Have you seen REM live? Uh, no, I feel like I have for some reason, but I guess I haven't. I had a monster tour t-shirt. Um, but I guess I just had the t-shirt anyway. (laughs) I guess so. (laughs) Let's get back to wait. You, you've never seen them live, right? No, I haven't. That's what I'm saying. If I had yeah, that power, exactly. Well, if Scott and Scott couldn't do it, I don't know if we yeah, can. Yeah, that's true. All right. Uh, Have I said too much? <laughs> I think I might have. You're running faster than before, but you're not trying. Two. Oh shit nice what are you gonna say no no go it's it's on your list you you started off um i like the intro a lot i like his vocals i think he's in like yeah. kind of a sweet spot here um as far as vocals at this point in his career um this also really reminds me of unwritten law this kind of vibe the guitar part and his vocals um so i really like the intro I'm on board but it's like when they get to the fast part later and the guitar solo uh which is sweet even if he's no Jackson, it's nice to hear a, a face melty guitar solo coming in. So I think that's the part uh, when they kind of get to the double time that really sort of seals it for me. Yeah. Uh, there's there's this uh, emphasis that he puts on high school that yeah. it gets it gets a little yelly. Sure. Yeah. I I. Uh, school drama. I like that, that feels a lot. like an unwritten law thing too. Yeah. Um, and it's a pretty astute observation for someone who's still in his late teens. High school yeah. drama doesn't leave. It just changes faces. Right. You're not wrong, bro. There are <laughs> lots of petty, immature, grown ass adults out there. <laughs> true. True. So 
Yeah, I, well, I think this one's really fun. Yeah. So we got uh we got your number one and two. Right. Your two you and got, three. You got my two and three. Mm. Oh, interesting. Alyssa? Elisa? Alyssa? Uh, who knows? Elisa, you're tearing me apart. <laughs> it sounds like some Midwest emo something. You know, it does. Uh, it's American football? <laughs> nope. <laughs> yeah, what's that special to me? It's fine. <laughs> there's some cool riffs in there. I like I like that there's that I feel like we haven't had too much of the some of that fast palm muting right. shredding yeah. is going on. Right. Um Don't mess with Texas? This might be one of the weaker songs on the record. Yeah, I think it's pretty good. I don't know. <laughs> I don't really have super strong feelings about um, that many of the songs. Well, I just think this is another very one note. Sure. Kind of delivery. And yeah, again, it's very similar in th- theme to he's not giving up he's not giving up he's he's done some shitty things right but uh through god's help he'll be okay um we get it (laughs) um so don't mess with texas i guess he's texas i don't know um nothing seems specific to texas in this but um maybe that's his way of saying like you know i'm uh I'm strong and don't mess with me or you won't, you, it's yeah. like you won't see me give up. I don't right. know. Yeah, I think so. Sure. Uh, I'm going to call him Tex from now on. Okay. <laughs> go, go to <laughs> Ryan Tex. <laughs> Most Texan gentleman I've ever known. When I think of slick shoes, <laughs> I think of Southern California. I think of Texas. Oh man. Remember when we did a whole, uh, 
What were we doing when we kept doing that voiceover there? Like, crack well, open a Best Life. That yeah, was it, Best right? Life IPA. <laughs> that was a good run. Our best, yeah. Um, <laughs> this is this is more of like a bordering on Sam Elliott. Yeah, exactly. I was picturing the Big Lebowski <laughs> when you were talking. Yeah. Sometimes this world seems so cruel. <laughs> Just as if there were no rules. <laughs> that is not uh, fair share, I know. <laughs> I wish I could take back the cruel things I've done. Oh, man. But I won't let it drag me down. Big Slick Shoes fan, Sam Elliott. Sam Sam Elliott, huge, huge Slick Shoes fan. If you ask me, Slick Shoes was Jackson Mold. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Good attentions. This is the longest song on the record. This is a this is the top three contender for me. Interesting. Okay. Um, Break it down for me, bro. None of the stuff that we heard so far <laughs> makes that the case. It's all what comes later. Uh, it's got some shouty vokes here. Um, I think it gets interesting when it slows down, like halfway through the song. Um, then it kind of builds back up. And by the time of the final chorus. I like that a lot. And there's like a different background vocal part and a guitar line. Can we hear some of that? I think it's at like 320. This is the final chorus. I don't know. Maybe without the buildup, it's not as powerful on its own there. But I like the final kind of like, it feels like a like cultivating moment. Sure. Um, also some, uh, some real Paul epistle vibes here. Mm. Uh, why must my heart be so corrupt when I can't stand it? You show your favor on me anyway. feels very Pauline to me. I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I like it. Yeah. The, um, yeah, I can never repay my debt, but you don't ask me to. Right. Um, kind of, uh. I don't know, different kinds of atonement theory, I suppose. Right. But uh, now on to a very unique song on this record. Indeed. (laughs) 
number one you know this this song it it stands out in all of the right ways yeah especially especially the end yeah shouty and like gang vocals and yeah this is a major contender for me and now that i'm listening back i'm like gosh should i call my own audible make <laughs> dude, this my number three dude it's there's his grace is sufficient for you even you um true i think i mm, yeah Let, let's get to another song later and then i might okay. have to change my mind too okay um, well we'll uh we we don't normally call audibles, but no, like, I, I feel like I needed to do a switcheroo with. Angel I feel like all day. these songs, though. I mean, I'm with you. Like all the order of them, and the ones that I choose, I'll just kind of feel like, yeah, I don't know. It feels very like loosey goosey for me. This is this the this is the only one that I feel like. Oh, okay. Yeah, you know, this it just like it feels so different than and than everything else on here. Uh, and yes. I feel like this is their one hardcore song that they, yes. they throw onto the record where, where on the previous albums, there was, there are more hardcore elements that don't really exist on this record. And if they do, they're just very subdued. Yeah. This is like the most like yeah. gritty and shouty and I'm into it. Agreed. It's certainly a fun hardcore song. I'm a sucker for the gang vokes and for the dropping out to just the bass and guitar. Um, I don't know something about it. Like I, I, there was some other hardcore leaning song that was in my top three that you said like his voice felt a little monotone for it, and I was like, oh, that's kind of hardcore. For some reason, that feels like it here to me. It's just kind of like I feel like he's not really like pushing it enough or something, but. I don't know. I'm also kind of just bummed out by the lyrics. I think that's part of it. Like it feels so like, so the lyrics are by Joe, which is maybe why they feel a little different, but it's like, you've got no one to blame, but yourself, your life is a result of your bad choices. (laughs) Look at yourself, analyze your life. It's just like, I don't know. It's very, it's very negativity will be your downfall. (laughs) But I do love the get it right. I hope you get it right. Uh, which is why I'm saying it might be in my top three. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I certainly really like it. It's certainly a contender for me, if nothing well, else. I mean, there's a reason. <laughs>
Um, there's a reason. There's a reason. I, I like this one a lot. I think it's pretty fun. Um, as someone who has some experience uh, with depression, I recognize that here, <laughs> um, which is not out of step with somebody their age, you know, the band's age, late teens, early 20s, um, experiencing some of that stuff. But I, I really I like the ending a lot, both kind of musically and, and lyrically fitting with that theme of like in the back of my mind, it gets me every time that kind of feels like a description of sinking back into depression sometimes. Yeah. I don't know. Not like a top three contender, but definitely a fun one for me. Yeah, I guess I I, I guess I didn't really think about it in the uh, the mental health sense, but I could be thinking about it incorrectly. But no, uh, no, I I'm I'm just saying that that is a a perfectly legitimate interpretation. I guess I didn't even I guess I didn't even give it much thought. So yeah, good good call out. Yeah, I think there's some other stuff in the song too, that sort of lends, lends itself to that thinking that like, does it seem that hard? Why do I feel this way? It happens every day. When will it go away? The sickness is killing me. When will it be okay? Like that could be a love sickness, but it also feels just kind of like, why do I keep getting sucked back into this headspace? I don't know. No, but no anyway. it's, I mean, same bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> same hard, same. Yeah. Uh, is this a contender for you, bro? This. This is my number three. Um, and I think I'm sticking with that. Uh, <laughs> I'm guessing the reason that it's not in contention for you is that you prefer the EP version over this one. I think this one sound there's I prefer certain elements I agree in both. Like yeah, I wish right. that they just don't nail it for me on this version. Yeah. And for me, it is the the guitar tone it just sounds muddy it's it's just it just sounds muted like when you yeah. compare the, the the sound of of the ep it just sounds a little bit more in your face and this is just right. sounds duller and i don't yeah. and that bums me out i like i let me just i want to play just that beginning part yeah. from the ep That guitar tone, yeah, I mean, I'm, it yeah. just it just shreds, it shreds, and, and this, 
one just sounds like it's you know uh, being played through the wall. I certainly agree. I I think similar to Silence on Burnout, which was also yeah. on the AP. Yeah. I, I, I love this song still, regardless. I probably ultimately prefer the EP version. I mean, it's also in a different key, which we just yes. heard, which is interesting. Um, it's not as fast. Uh, the bass is quieter. So all those things I don't like. But, it, I mean, in terms of just like objective production sound, I think this one sounds great. Um but both versions, when it gets to the fast part and the bridge with just the guitar part, again, even if he's not yeah. Jackson or like the rawness of that one, I think it just goes to the next level. And by the time there's a solo, I can't deny it. Yeah. Here we go. So far, not as good. Yeah, but I mean, I can't deny that. That sounds good. It does sound good. Yeah, I I don't know. It's not as good, but I I just I love it. I love it in whatever version. So yeah, it kind of had to go on the list. Um, but I don't know. Things to like Fair about enough. both. Good yes. song in both contexts, I think. Yes, yes. Um, I just, I want, I want a newly, yeah, I know, re-recorded version of that where it just, you got Jackson back on the axe, and you got the, I don't know. Also, there's the the very beginning of on the EP. There's in addition to the the shreddy part, there is. Yeah. It's just a little bit more prominent. Yeah. Yeah. That that part. That's the part that I'm just like, oh man, that's yeah. Sick as hell. I don't I mean, yeah, he's an incredible guitar player (laughs) and his riffs just like don't really nobody quit stack up. Yeah. Uh, one more. Not that far. I mean, do we have one more? Well, one and a half more. It's fine. Not that far. 
yeah, I think it's safe to say that we're both largely underwhelmed. Yeah, by this album. I do still uh, like it. I want to. I want to reiterate, but yeah, yeah, I think there's some good standout moments, and I think it's mostly fine. It just, I, I don't walk away psyched. You know, I don't yeah, walk away agreed. like with like, oh man, there's so many memorable songs right, on right, here. Right. You know, yep. I feel like I've had to listen to this album a lot to like even remember. Yeah, some I agree. of the songs. Yep. Yeah, it's yeah, it's all just kind of fine and like fine for slick shoes. Again, there aren't like songs that I dislike on Burnout or Wake Up Screaming, but compared to the slick shoes mode that I like the best, it's kind of like yeah, it's just not at that level. But yeah, I do like a lot of it since because we know what's coming, what they can do. Yeah, Uh, yeah, that's the part that's like oh man do you guys know the album that you're going to write? <laughs> yeah, I think we, we'll have to rank albums next week, I think. I um, so. But uh, yeah, that'll be a fun exercise. I, so the, yeah, the, I mean, I, I love Rusty a lot. <laughs> yes. A little ACDC in here. <laughs> Just a bar, a bar jam band. Throw back a few pints listening to this. Sounds pretty good. A little fun in the studio. Yeah. A curious end. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Rock and roll and noise pollution doesn't uh, culminate this album in a way that you expected. Uh, yeah, it, it fully seems like this must just be them messing around in the studio. It, it Ryan seems does like not it's participate. The, it seems like one of those things where it's like doing levels or sound checks or right. you know, just getting the tone and everything right. And they, yeah. they just like, like, this is their jam song to get all the levels right now there's another secret instrumental jam song on far from nowhere True. uh which is a different vibe but probably the same sort of situation without messing around yeah um well that was wake up screaming that was let us know what you think are we way off are we are right we, on are we giant just complete assholes who don't know what they're talking about, which is very possible. Very possible. Let us know. Uh, And you can do that at magnified pod on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Uh, Subscribe to the pod. If you haven't yet already and give us a rating or review, we will read your Apple podcast review on the pod. Email us at magnifiedpod at gmail.com. You can leave us a voicemail at 872-762-4763, 872-7-MAG-POD. You can also support us over at the Patreon, patreon.com slash magnifiedpod. And we want to welcome new Patreon punk, Ivan Acuna. Yeah. Uh, 
Welcome, Yvonne. Um, as we have said several times now, um, we're not doing every album from every band that we cover on the main feed. We're going to cover other stuff on the Patreon. This week, we're covering a little bit of the self-titled, uh, but mainly Far From Nowhere, which, once again, rules. Um, so check that out. And you can pick up some merch, that sweet season three merch, over oh, at magnifiedpod.storeenvy.com. Now, we've been getting some orders. We've been getting some pictures, but we want to see you guys rocking this merch. So Yes, get, so get that. Get those mugs out there. We got Danny Stairs who posted a picture of himself in the new Magpod beanie mm-hmm. and some of that artwork. Yeah. Um, I know other people have been have ordered like got them tanks. That's right. Uh open know, up the pit open tanks. Up that, open up that pit tank. We got uh some mugs that other people some people have ordered some mugs. So let's let's get those picks. We want to see, want to see you guys rocking that merch out there. For sure. Um, thanks to those of you who have picked some up already. And thanks to shout out producer Jason at Unoriginal Vinyl. And thanks to Heavy Ordnance Studios for our artwork. Well, our time in the penalty box is over for this week. We'll be back on the ice next week with Slick Shoes, Rotations, and Frequency. Pit. Hell yeah. For more shows like this one, visit rockcandyrecordings.com.